This is episode 121 of G.I. Joeberg, and it is a very historic occasion. Not only is this our first podcast back after JoeCon 2018, but it is the first podcast where all the members of G.I. Joeberg happen to be seated in each other's company. My name is Stephen, and I introduce you to... Paul's in America, Lobsha. And Robert in Washington, D.C., and Cujo, who is not on the West Coast, but also in D.C. And this podcast episode is literally just us unwinding, reflecting on the show that was. Gentlemen, your thoughts, please. So good. It's amazing. Like, like uh, I think Paul told me the <laughs> other day, it was just incredible that how the, the whole convention center was so full with, like, Joe stuff. You never realized. Yeah, you never realized, like, how much stuff there is out there and how many people are going to come out. I mean, I don't know how many people were there, but I mean, it felt like easily 3,000 people. I think, you know, like definitely 3,000. I mean, just to put things in perspective for you, for the listeners out there who may not have attended a JoeCon or maybe any kind of convention with, you know, G.I. Joe in abundance, being able to literally put both of your hands into some kind of bin uh, that is just full of joe's and 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 literally you literally are digging through joe's it's like it's like finding a rich kid's uh toy box that's full of gi joe's and you're just going through that trying to find uh something that's complete and good condition uh, has the right price and then you times that by like 30 you know and then you throw in some vehicles and vehicle parts and and when you're there it's like wow but when you actually sit down and think about it it's it's incredible, you know, to think that there's that much stuff. A little bit bewildering for me. I mean, I came to JoeCon with a very well set out wish list. I had a hit list of things that I wanted to purchase in order to complete vehicles back at home and figures back at home. You are very quickly completely blown away by the sheer number of vendors with vast part spins. Each one of them could soak up 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half of your time if you were to go through their entire inventory meticulously. I very quickly kind of gave up on trying to complete my hit list. Uh, if something stuck out at me uh, that I needed, I would set it aside. But yeah, no, all the careful planning went out the window very quickly. It was very... Very quickly, a situation of like, okay, I like that thing. Let's see if the guy wants to strike a deal. And boy, were there deals to be had. Kujo, what was your experience with the con, man? Hmm. Well, I didn't go in thinking... I didn't go in thinking I wanted to get too many toys. Uh, turns out, I didn't get any. Well, that's not entirely true. I got a gift, and that's really the only figure I needed. I did get some art. I did get a t-shirt. The last Jokon was people first for me, and then it became the city, and yeah, I saw some toys too. Jokon 2018 was hosted in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, a city that I wasn't previously fam- familiar with at all, but it's it's got its cool little uh, little nooks. Uh, what uh, what is particularly intriguing about the city for you, Cooge? I I I could definitely. Usually, if I'm I'm going to get heavy on Joe Berg, I, I, I set up my shots 
and then I end with like a kill shot, you know? Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Um, this time, we're still on the move. I-, I haven't even had a chance to look at my cards, really. But if you're looking at Chattanooga, uh, yeah, let's do let's do a little city profile, and then we'll get back to toys or people. But it's it's, it's interesting to note that the uh, minor league team, and this really only occurred to me because uh, I'll drop a name, Word Burglar. Who man, he was a great addition to that con. <laughs> but he and uh, Plastic Battles, you know, um, they went to a, a minor league game. That minor league team's name is the Lookouts. Hmm. Did they see something coming? Bombshell. <laughs> uh, Chattanooga is an Indian word for rock. Um, some of the buildings, if you, if you picked up your eyes while you were walking around that sidewalk, you might have seen some buildings that were a whole lot older than you were. Um, and probably most of the people alive today. So... I may I may sink my teeth into that a little bit. Uh, it's kind of interesting to note that a city that with less than 200k people, um, considered a college city, I guess. Uh, Word Burglar said he couldn't really find the pulse of the city. That's an interesting thing. Um, has one of Merrill Lynch's biggest buildings in the city. It's also nicknamed Gig City because of the sturdiest internet in our country. Hmm. I don't know, guys. I think the easiest way to do this is chronologically. You mentioned Word Burglar. I'm going to pick up that uh, that little hint and uh, just let the listeners know that our first night in Chattanooga, Tennessee was uh, ushered in by going to see Word Burglar live at uh, the Improv Club. Uh, yeah, it's called the Chattanooga Improv or Improv. And Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about that little encounter? That was an awesome experience. Um, it's a very small theater. Um, so the night opened with uh, improv. I mean, by the local Im- improvisational uh, theater group, um, and they kind of took a few words from the audience and they ran with that, um, with varying degrees of success. <laughs> um, so some of the guys were really, really good. There was one guy who did a, an, an amazing impression of uh, Chewbacca, <laughs> which I, I, I quite enjoyed. Um, and, and the other guy, the other man there, he actually did, uh, did a good impression of Harley Quinn, which was interesting. Um, a bearded Harley Quinn. Yeah, it worked for me, though. I, I could see it. Um, and the word burglar, he started his set. It was really quite cool. And he did, uh, in the middle of his set, he kind of, he was like, hey, let's get some, you know, uh, G.I. Joe names. And uh, one woman shouted out, uh, what is it, high tech? Firewall. Firewall. And I was like, I didn't even, like, think, because usually in this situation, I wouldn't say anything. I would just, you know, sit back and be like, okay, you know, what's going to happen next? But <laughs> just out of my mouth was scoop. And <laughs> And he was like, yeah, wait a minute, what was that? Was that a scoop? Okay, get up here. Um, so it was me um, with scoop, uh, firewall, and there was another one, I can't remember. Uh, Outback. Outback, Outback, yeah. And then Werberger proceeded to create uh, a rap just off these three characters. And, you know, the, each character got their in, own in, individual rap. We got offered an opportunity to add to it. Um uh, I can't really think that quickly on my on my feet. Uh, the fan of Firewall was was very quick to kind of join in with a chant of Firewall, Firewall, Firewall. 
Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, overall it was a very cool evening. I thought it was very nice, and we met a, met, met a couple of people there, um, in, including including Paul Pamphilone, Paul Pamphilone, Paul Pamphiloni. Plastic battles, Paul. Plastic battles, Pamphiloni. Um, and yeah, he was seemed like a very cool guy. Um, I've really enjoyed his um, uh, 100 days of GI Joe photography he's been doing. I think he's nearing the end now, in the last 80 or so. And those are very fantastic. If you check them out on Instagram or Twitter, uh, have a look at them. Really cool shots. Yeah, um, my evening with that started with uh, walking in and grabbing some refreshments with Rob. This is actually before the whole show went down. And I see this guy, and he's at at the merch table for Word Burglar. And, you know, there's some very cool Word Burglar shirts. And he's got some albums there. I'm just sort of looking, and he goes, Joburg? <laughs> so I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know. So we started talking. Would you say that was the first recognition we got? I would definitely say that, yeah. In Chattanooga, I, In yeah. Chattanooga, yeah. Um, and then it just tumbled, didn't it? Yeah, it just went from there, because then then we were getting free beer from uh, G.I. Joburg fan. Oh, Zach Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't want to... Shout out to Amanda. <laughs> I don't... And I, Zach. I didn't initially want to do this, play the, like, how many cool people did we meet and can name game, but that night, yeah, Word Burglar, Paul Pamphilon, Zach Hoffman, and his lovely girlfriend Amanda, or his wife, oh dear, and to this day, my biggest regret of JoeCon 2018 is that we never met up with Zach to play the G.I. Joe board game. Yeah. What a tragedy. Damn it. And he had also substituted all the figures, all the cardboard figures with actual figures and put together like a a, a, a sheet of, of handicaps? Well, well, handicaps or he adapted the rules. I think him and his friend kind of added to the rules and kind of made it maybe a bit more interesting than the original game was and yeah, I'm sad we didn't get to play that. Yeah, it seemed like he altered each character to reflect you know, the figures or the character that the figure represents traits like strengths and weaknesses, which is wonderful. And any true G.I. Joe fan would really appreciate that. So, yes, a big regret there. We met Top Shelf Rick and his lovely wife that night. Uh, and it is always going to be very touching to hear that uh, their kids or kid in that case, um, to, to, to hear that kids like our, our videos. That's cool, man. We've broken through to the next generation. This rocks. Anyways, Paul, tell us about uh, the rest of that night. So, yeah, I got I got to meet uh, Word Burglar without actually knowing that that was Word Burglar. So we were just chatting and uh, chewing off on a conversation there. And, uh, and then we went inside. And it was really interesting because everybody in there was a Joe fan. It's like, you know, duh. But there were some kids in there as well. And, you know, there was some... You know, there was a whole bunch of faces there, a whole bunch of strangers that over the course of the weekend would become acquaintances and people we, you know, have had become friends with. Yeah, we met Carson Metaxas that night, uh, the the man chiefly responsible for 3D Joes and all the great work that they're doing. That guy is super smart. Uh, wow. He's, a, he's a, a good G.I. Joe ally to have, let me tell you. And another one was, uh, was uh, Shattered Glass. We also met Shattered Glass. Uh, and great Instagrammer, by the way. If you... Um, if if you're listening, Shattered Glass, dig your stuff on Instagram. Um, he also posted quite a sweet thing um, to us on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, 
But yeah, that, and that's how it started, right? So the whole, the Joe-Con for us started with no toys, but with some awesome rap by, by Word Burglar. And I got to say, the dude, uh, he just hits the right points for me uh, musically. I, I like what he's talking about in his music and, and what he does. And, and he has like this like nostalgia button in his rhymes that, is, that just just plays nicely with my, with my brain. Hmm. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that evening actually went... He has a rap about... The very unique, like, social <laughs> ritual of having to take out a video cassette from the video rentals. Or going to the video rentals and seeing <laughs> that the cassette that you wanted to, to rent out is no longer there. I mean, that is something that is such an anachronism and so unique to our generation. I mean, like, come on. Is that smart or what? Guys, buy this man's album, please. <laughs> Uh, after the after word burglar and meeting all these awesome people, uh, Rob, Steve, and myself had a very like chilled out long walk through Chattanooga, and we got to see what it was like at night. And it is a beautiful, beautiful town. I am a big fan of Chattanooga. I didn't know what to think going in. I, I like you know it's an American town, and you see all the pictures online, but you know you don't know what it's really like. But it's great. It's this calm, serene student town for the most part. And it has all these interesting stores and it's just it's just chilled. It's just awesome. And that, that was how it was for us when we first arrived. That was before, you know, the madness started with <laughs> JoeCon. And then the very next day, we got ourselves a Cujo. Hey, Cujo. What did you think of us the first moment you laid eyes on the G.I. Joe book boys? I, I, honestly, I read people pretty well. I know these guys. I didn't know their, you know, body languages and stuff like that, but it was hugs all around. Uh, is that even important? But, yeah, I mean, it's, important. uh... Let me, let me Initiated by Mr. West Coast over here. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. He likes to hug. He's just a big huggy bear. Guilty. Um, <laughs> but, uh... No, I think one thing that started occurring over the weekend was that we all know there's plenty of houses of Joe, and you guys dropped some names. I dropped some too. Uh, I'm about to drop another, uh, and that would be uh, Joe Battlelines, Fred. First time I met that cat, but I've been reading him for a bit. He was totally warm. It, it's one of those things where we spit fire in Joburg, y'all know, and the community at large. You know, we're, we're I'm at least Cujo's a gunslinger, so but a respectful one. Um, and meeting those guys and them going, you guys are doing a job that very few other people can do and and lining out the the various reasons why that was validating. That was, that was needed. And, And just seeing the community pieces come together without the benefit of the property itself. Um, it, it brought us together. Uh, so I guess that moves us to Jokon, right guys? And how... Yeah, man. Uh, gosh. We woke up excited, no doubt. Mm. Ready to hit the floor. Ready for the queue. <laughs> but the queue was a very eventful opportunity to meet people. I think it was perhaps the... This was the second time we'd ever encountered Brian Lower, a.k.a. HCC 788. We saw him very briefly the day before, but, you know... 
we got to see him <laughs> in the line. We were making conversation, but he was very uh, quick to remind us that there were no cutsies, no cutsies, no cutsies. Go to the back mm. of the queue. These guys over here, they uh, they fought the Nazis, so uh, don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. <laughs> so cute. Which is great. I mean, like a line getting into Jokon is probably where you see true Joe fans true colors uh the conversations you have with the level of anticipation going into that room it's it's altogether very special um we had the the pleasure of kit and his girlfriend amber uh and as we made our way towards the the uh the room ooh, where we could finally enter and uh, see all the treasure assembled before us uh kit was like mm, you, do you know about uh, the Action Force Stalker? I was like, um, maybe. He reminded me, and yes, I, I had encountered this figure before. It is the version 1.5 Snake Eyes with grey paint as- accents on his face, on his grenade, and the equipment on his thigh, which kind of makes him imp- a superior figure, wouldn't you say, to uh, the regular Hasbro release of version 1.5. But this guy, for some reason, is called Stalker. <laughs> Not to be confused with Stalker Stalker. But he drives the Panther, um, which is the SAS Vamp in black and yellow. Anyway, the guy, as an act of supreme generosity, just hands it to us. Here you go, guys. And that just kind of set the tone for a weekend of making great acquaintances, meeting generous people, very hospitable people, and all Joe fans. I mean, pff, high point number one has got to be the people. Am I not right, Robbie? Yeah, no, there were so many amazing people. I mean, Kit and Amber, it was really cool to be able to stay occupied in the queue because I, I absolutely hate queues. Like, you know, you stand in queue for more than like five minutes. I'm like, nope, I'm out of here. And also, um, the day before, even before we even got to the con itself, um, so the day before we actually met a, a really nice guy named Jason. Hey, Jason. <laughs> um, and he makes really cool customs, or at least he kind of customizes the figures himself, um, kind of creates his own characters. And I thought that was really awesome. Um, kind of sat down with him a little bit, I think. Yeah, no, I sat down with him for a little bit, talked. He had a bunch of really cool questions, um, which I hope at some point we can get to in a future episode, which will be quite kind of cool. Um, very thought-provoking questions. Yeah, um, and overall, yeah, I know so many amazing people. I, I think really good experience. Some of those amazing people actually pitched in with our custom uh, debacle. <laughs> <laughs> because as general admission uh, participants, we weren't entitled to enter Bitter Ende into the custom competition. So... We teamed up with the Full Force Podcast's Diagnostic 80, a.k.a. Chris McLeod. Hey, Chris. Uh, who pointed us in the direction of another uh, ally, a, a Texan by the name of Grey Childs, who very enthusiastically helped us get into the room, get set up, gave us some pointers. In every possible uh, significant respect was another very important link uh, in the chain that made up this figure's story. Paulie, talk to us about Bitter Ender. Bitter Ender is a, is the South African G.I. Joe that nobody wants yet because he's a bad guy. He's a, he's a merc. He's, he's disillusioned with it all. He's broken. 
he is he's just full of anger he's he's bitter <laughs> you know he 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 wants to, he all he can do is fight to the bitter bitter end anyway hence his name the bitter end um he is also a fantastically well made custom figure we were robbed by the legendary well in my opinion the legendary jim godfrey wow when i opened that box I, and and for our listeners just to get a bit of context here we've been working on this figure on all for three months uh passing back ideas photographs opinions yes no's etc right and so i've seen tons of pictures of this thing uh i, I think i have, a, have about at least 50 or so photos on my phone of this figure in progress and and even up to its final point and then it gets you know uh, it ships it lands in south africa I mean, in South Africa, it lands in America uh, uh, with Cujo, and he brings it all the way up. And I look at this box, and I and I, I open it up, and wow, it just hit me in the face. This thing just sucker punched me with its awesomeness. <laughs> and then we go uh, on our special mission to go and um, get it in there, into the competition and into the, the display area, the exhibition hall, uh, which is great. And that's where uh, the very real life, you know, Wild Bull, aka Grey Child, uh, helped us <laughs> helped us uh, get some stuff, uh, get that that figure on the table, and 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 that was that was <laughs> that came out of nowhere. And Grey, if you're listening, dude, uh, <laughs> don't mess with Texas, man. You you are an awesome human being. Um, but yes, we were robbed. <laughs> I don't want to be sour grapes here um, or anything like that. I think. I think a lot of those customs were top-notch customs. I just happened to think that the one that Jim made was was better, and vastly better. Ah, uh, man! Look, the first place winner was cute. Uh, it made an inventive use. Shut up, DC. <laughs> hey, it worked. What do you mean, what do you mean um, we were, were uh, we were robbed? We were robbed of victory, Rob. Yeah, we came in second, which is respectable, but I don't know. The the, the winner didn't have an iota of Jim's technical expertise. It doesn't take a particularly insightful judge to uh, to determine how much went into Bitterende. Uh, from, from the parts choices, the detailed paintwork... The work that was done on the face sculpt and uh, sculpting a little, what we call in South Africa, enchi, but you call it a cigarette fag, like, you know, just hanging off his mouth. Um, the shading, the texturing, the water slide deckling. That backpack. The equipment. That backpack. The names for the equipment. I mean, the detail, like... And the fact that Jim did so much research in the presentation of this. Jim is an, yeah, yeah, he's an expert in South Africa's border war of the uh, late 70s, early 80s. The the era from which the inspiration for this figure comes. That and, of course, Kruger from Elysium. (laughs) I think that started the the conversation way back when. Um, The thought of having a South African Merc... Our, our own take on Major Blood. Yeah, man. It's a winning combo. And Jim, you're the man. Dude, max props. 
as I say. We were robbed, but we still got 50 bucks worth of show dollars to spend. And uh, to that end, we picked up a Havoc for Rob, a uh, set of Ninja Force figures for Paul, and I got a driver for my new Raider. So uh, all round, it was a victory on balance. I don't want you to think that we like being sour grapes here, but... And I'm going to maybe echo something that Steve has said before. I kind of feel like if you're going to make a custom Joe, it should fit in the vehicle. And I think that's why we feel a little bit robbed with the first place. The first place winner was a very creative inclusion to the competition. It was the fortune teller box from Big, if you can recall. Uh, That sort of coin-op fortune teller thing that makes that child turn into Tom Hanks. Oh, delight. <laughs> it was like half of a figure shoved into the leg of a transportable tactical battle platform, which I thought was pretty inventive, but still, it's half of a figure shoved into a box, painted gold with a few Cobra sigils. So I guess it was a Cobra uh, fortune teller coin-op box. But it was great fun, and I'm glad we went on that adventure. And I'm so glad that we had an additional facet to our time at JoeCon, that being a competition. Mm. The other entries, really cool stuff. I hope to showcase a lot of it on our Road to JoeCon YouTube documentary. But if you just can't wait, Joe Customs will probably have an ample amount of uh, images for you to peruse. And an interview from us. I will say that you can't, at the last JoeCon... Give a give a character called the bitter end the prize. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna think back to our first night at the bar. D80 diagnostic 80s testing his pipes in the lobby. Uh, we found our way to the bar. You guys were chatting some people up. I found somebody else. Uh, they said a statement. Uh, maybe if you're listening, you can bounce this around in your mind, see how it feels. But I'm asking the people in the room at the present. Uh, he said. Uh, the last Jokon kind of attending your own week. I don't know how I feel about that. What are you feeling, Rob? Well, wakes, I think, usually are kind of like a celebration, though. At least that's the way I always assume wakes work. Um, and I, and it, I think it was a celebration. A lot of people were quite happy with what was going on. Maybe a lot of, like, business is normal as they kind of try to finish collections. Yeah, but a lot of happy people, a lot of happy kids kind of, you know, getting to introduced to this, you know, G.I. Joe world. And also the last panel um, was also very fascinating to kind of see how Jokon had maybe changed or stagnated or um, developed over the years and uh, very familiar faces. At least people in the crowd recognize a lot of people who had gone to previous Jokons. So it's kind of like a growing up. Especially if you look at like Brian Savage and his kids, I think, I mean, they grew up as, you know, as the years went by for this cons, these cons, um, conventions. Yeah, I don't know. Going to your own wake. Yeah, it kind of feels like yeah, there's a finality to the end of JoeCon, but I mean, hopefully it's not a finality you know, to the end of Joe interest in GI Joes and their, and their lives going forward. Speaking more widely about people at the con, Curtis, you, uh, you waltzed in on uh, an interesting, um, shall we say, encounter at Starbucks with some, some new Joe friends, and you immediately pulled out your sketchpad. That, those were those those little pockets where you can get a handful of people at a table. That that's that's easier than the con floor. The con floor was packed, and like I said, I went in and I started looking for people, 
that uh, you know would have a diverse perspective on the brand. Um, I found them. You'll hear it. But uh, yeah, I broke off some sketches like I said I would. It's a visual medium, so I probably won't run on about that. But the people I drew the sketches for, that was a thank you. Thank you for uh, just a, a hell of a run coming up to JoeCon. Uh, top shelf, if you're out there. Uh, two guys <laughs> bumped a whole network. That's that's not bad. But it's, it's kind of a building block. And uh, I could go on, but people met uh, one of those people, another one, Special Missions Force. He's going to get my award for Under the Radar Cool Guy. Dude has no pictures online. Shows up, he's totally rocked up, tight haircut, great photographer, and uh, it's those people that you start building a network with, so maybe uh, we're not dead yet. I always thought that the origin of the term wake was uh, you you bring the cadaver back to the house and everyone has a massive party uh, to make sure that the thing doesn't wake up. <laughs> You know, sometimes the signs of life are so very slight that you can't tell if a person is dead or not. So I'd like to think that we partied hard enough to wake G.I. Joe up. Certainly seeing the, the, the people who brought their kids tell me that these are still the coolest toys to play with. And if that's the case, we just need to find a way of getting them into the kids' hands and letting them discover that for themselves. And that is the most surefire way of saving G.I. Joe. Even if it takes a feature film to do that or a winning action uh, adventure animation show to do that, or maybe it just takes a bunch of collectors putting out as much content as possible on YouTube because maybe maybe we are the future. Hey! I'm starting to think like you, Curtis. Well, this is America and they keep telling us that at this time you speak into an existence... I don't know, Paul. What else comes to mind when you're thinking about who you met and did they inspire you to see a future in Joe? On the last day of JoeCon, it didn't feel like the end of JoeCon. And the thing, you know, there's so many stores, um, there's so many places that are selling GI Joes. I mean, they, they've got stuff. It's not like they've just decided, okay, well, this is it. They're never going to sell GI Joe stuff ever again or whatever. So, I mean, there is always going to be product out there, which means the potential for future conventions that are G.I. Joe-centered is very high. Yes, JoeCon in its current incarnation is is done. It's it's done. And that maybe that's a good thing. And then coming through back to the people and things like that, I think the energy of people and, and, and the energy of the brand, you know, the, the, the heart and the soul of this brand within the people that are that love it, is very strong still and and it's so strong that they are starting to get their kids into it i mean we've mentioned it a few times we've, we've thrown around running into kids and whatever a lot on this episode but there were, really were quite a few kids in that uh, on that show floor yes there was a lot of teenagers that were looking at their phones and couldn't have been you know couldn't have been two poops mm-hmm. about what was going on around them but there definitely there definitely was this well, there were these moments where I was just walking around and I would I would see kids playing with G.I. Joe toys and Ghostbusters toys that they had bought on the con floor or that their parents had bought for them, rather, on the con floor. There was one uh, particularly cute moment for me which um, which involved some kids that had uh, uh, formed a, a little, like, 
hiding space uh, between uh, in the corner between two couches, and they were actually playing with the vehicles and whatever that they'd got in that day in uh, in that little nook. So um, I think the spirit of this brand is still very much alive, and and I have to agree with what Kujo is saying. We do have to find a way to get it into the hands of kids, and and it's nice that you know maybe in some small way we are contributing one or two percent to that happening. Mm. You know, I'll say. But let's not also forget about guys our age who are also perhaps inspired to take this, take 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 the aircraft down from the shelf and uh, dust it off and swoop it around your room a little bit. Yeah, come on, guys, there's no harm in that. Uh, shout out to our posse. We had a, a nice little gang rolling around. Um, sometimes we even had a JD, but most of the time it was Dan, Rob, and Bart. Guys, winners <laughs> all. Uh, we will never forget throwing 12-inch Joes, <laughs> prototype Joes even, off the roof of that parking structure uh, and then having a an impromptu car boot sale. That was, yeah, that, that's just one of those, you know, like random happenstance things that just make a con for me. And hey, I'm no veteran, but like they are. That was cool. That was really cool. There, There was literal black market toy deals going down with like, Want to be like European dudes with bleached blonde hair standing by blacked out vans. Rutger Hauer looking fella. Yes. Oh man, the, the tan, the peroxide hair, amazing. Scary, scary guy, but also super sweet. Um, All those memories will be lost like, like tears in the, the rain. rain. <laughs> Beautiful speech that. Um, and then just coming back to the inspirational question. Well, yes, I'm I'm very inspired. Uh, I got to see guys like Larry Homer on the show floor, and I, and I watched him sketch a little. Oh, uh, please, can you elaborate about that, Paul? Your first meeting with Larry Homer? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, it's not. It's just I feel like such a dog. Uh, so the way, and I'm not going to go into too it's much. It's probably detail. true. No, <laughs> I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but. Uh, I had actually done a custom t-shirt for Larry Homer, uh, and a bit of a sketch. Yeah, I know, I'm a big fanboy. Uh, but I went up to the table, and, it, and it, I had to do a few passes first, just to, you know, because I couldn't believe he, it was him. I was like, okay. Because he's just quietly sitting there in the corner of the convention, just working on his sketch commissions, you know, he ain't no thing. Anyway, so I woke up the courage to finally, like, speak to this guy, and as I get there, he, I see he's... Uh, helping a, a, a gentleman and, and talking to the gentleman's little one, this little kid. And this little kid is really sweet but very demanding and, and quite fascinated by the idea of, of a putty eraser. And uh, so Larry Holm is like sort of explaining to this kid uh, what it is uh, and in a very calm sort of, you know, I would say like, I don't want to say like a dad, but like as somebody who, who has had kids knows how to, you know, treat little kids and whatever. And he's just being very calm and very humble and all that. So I'm, like, sitting there going, okay, let's wait for this little kid to finish up with Larry Homer, because, you know... Anyway, so I start talking to him, and, you know, you do the usual, wow, you know, you're such a big inspiration. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I got into doing what I, what I do is because of you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he sort of just looks at you casually, like, okay, thank you, kind of thing. And you're, like, you feel like such a dog. And then you're just, like, okay, you shake hands, and you sort of walk away. And, and I just sort of left it at that. And then I started talking to Robert Atkins because that was that was amazing. I, I didn't know Robert Atkins was going to be there. Had I known, uh, I would have uh, 
sort him out, but but yeah, I ran into him and what an incredible dude. Uh, that that's the kind of guy that should be drawing uh, GI Joe because he's just a cool guy, and his artwork is fantastic. Anyway, him and I were talking and. And then I just sort of walked away and just needed to decompress. I needed to actually walk outside and just just let it run through my system that I just met Larry Harmer, who to me is, has always been quite a big inspiration. And if you've listened to the show, you know why. But yeah, I had to let that pass over me. And then sort of ran into Rob a little bit later after that. And then Steve uh, just mentioned that he was by Larry Harmer, so I thought, okay, cool, maybe you know he needs me to go and check out, maybe do some footage or something like that. So I get there and Bart's there, and you know we see Steve meet Larry Harmer. Um, I don't, I don't want to tell Steve's story for for him, uh, but uh, neither. Uh, but one thing I will say is he had the same effect that I had. <laughs> you know, ah oh, man, I walk past Larry's table and. Immediately, I'm you know confronted with the fact that, yep, there's my idol. There's the guy. He's right there. Just say hi. He's a human being. He's getting on with his sketch commissions. He's just doing his thing. I'm sure uh, he wouldn't mind if you just said, hi, Mr. Harmer. Don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'd just like to say thank you. You've left an indelible impression on me. I wish I was that composed. Um, my ha- my heart was a flutter. I kind of had to walk away. I got a little bit teary. Uh, fortunately, Paul saved me. A, you know, a couple of uh, minutes after that, by saying that like I had some dry crustiness on my like eyelid from where the tears had dried. I mean, like uh, I just felt ridiculous. But ultimately, did get into close proximity to the man, shook him by the hand, uh, had my picture taken with him, sat with him for a little while, spoke very superficially about where I came from, um, (laughs) and then promptly forgot I'd had that conversation. So he was like, so what part of South Africa are you from? And I was like, how did you know I'm from South Africa, Larry? Well, you told me. (laughs) (laughs) Which was very amusing at the time uh, and embarrassing, uh, a little bit of both. It's not often that you see Steve in that kind of position. You know, he's generally like James Bond. He's quite smooth with things like that. So that was that was amusing for me to a small degree. I mean, mm. um, but yeah, shortly after that, uh, I don't know if it was Brian Lower or or Bot uh, that sort of jumped in and then sort of introduced us to Larry Hammer as GI Joe book. Steve had uh, then Steve got a photo with uh, Mr. Hummer, and then I, I I sort of sheepishly asked for a photo as well, uh, and then him and I started talking, and then somehow the conversation got into uh, martial arts a little, and he was telling me about uh, when he was younger, like thirteen years old or something, uh, he was doing uh, Kyodo or Kyodo, uh, yeah, well I know it is Kyodo. Uh, which is the uh, sort of meditative uh, art of Japanese archery. And they had like a very good day of like shooting um, arrows and, and doing what they do. And then their sensei sort of stopped a class uh, and just sort of stopped and pulled out some tea and some cookies and said, okay, cool, now we're going to sit down and have some tea and cookies. And one girl was very puzzled by this. Uh she was very puzzled by this, and uh, she was like, "But, but, Sensei, we've we've had such a great day. We're shooting. I'd like to carry on, please." Uh, Larry Hammer said that uh, he Sensei looked at her almost not not disappointed, but actually um, 
he, he looked at her with a sort of a look of pity, like, and you know, just like she didn't get it. And that was that was an interesting tale, like because it was just sweet, like what he was trying to get through, and 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 it was cool sharing that with Mister Hammond. Like it was a cool moment. Uh, Larry, of course, also gave a panel. The usual suspects, him and Kirk Bozigian, um, Hasbro advertising man, essentially, um, and creative director. I guess, I think that was his job title. In any case, he really inhabited the G.I. Joe brand. He knew what made kids tick. He sold us the toys that we wanted to buy. And they gave a great panel showcasing... Oh, wait. No. Ha! Before Kirk came on with Larry, Kirk gave a panel with Carson Metaxas uh, showcasing the lost tapes the background and finished product surrounding the 1991 live-action G.I. Joe commercials. And that was pretty special to witness. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that, Robbie? Yeah, no, there's a fantastic panel. It's amazing to see adverts of things that you've never seen before. Because I think the only adverts I'd really encountered were either the fully animated ads with like very minimal shots of the vehicles themselves or the ones with kids in them. Um, but apparently after all of that, they kind of started making their own like mini f- film and split that into tinier adverts. And so you kind of had to keep up, keep up with the story as it developed. So somehow Kirk ended up having the VHS tapes and all of these adverts in his house. <laughs> and they ended up digitizing them now and apparently they're all available for people to watch. And it was, it's fascinating and hilarious. I mean, these kind of 80s, late 80s, early 90s adverts. Um, really quite silly, but but just wonderful to kind of see, like, this lost part of G.I. Joe. I mean, I think most of them were available to kind of watch already in, in different places. Yeah, but it was really interesting to kind of see this guy. You know, G.I. Joe was failing. He came back in, he did these cool ads, and suddenly Jaja was revivified for a while. Back on top. <clears throat> yeah. I really enjoyed seeing the live-action representations of the vehicles and costumes. It, <laughs> it'll never look like uh, they had a massive budget, but they had a pretty mean budget to produce something like that. And the way they maximized on their budget was they shot a year's worth of G.I. Joe commercials in one shoot. So that's how they got away with it. That's how they managed to expand the budget into these live-action mini-movies. I mean, that's how they went about referring to them. Like, before there was a live-action G.I. Joe film, we had these commercials. It kind of popped the live-action G.I. Joe cherry, so to speak. And they are fascinating to, to watch now. You can probably watch the whole series of them, uh, on 3D Joe's website. Uh, that, I think, was the plan. After the panel unveiled them to the public, or to the attendees, I should say, it's now available to the wider G.I. Joe community online. Do check it out. It's good for a laugh, and they're just... Yeah, it's it's so much fun for us to see Battlecopters and the Badger and the Battle Wagon and the Ice Saber. Like, these are now willed into existence they might be bits of set and and prop vehicles but they they existed for a time (laughs) 
I'm still unpacking Joe Con. I'm I'm not sure we're done talking tonight, but have no fear. We are probably going to be talking about GI Joe Con for months <laughs> as we process the events and new things start becoming more apparent to us. Uh, new insights into what it was like actually. I know I haven't fully ordered my thoughts just yet. Still a little fuzzy about what happened. All I know that is that it was an overwhelmingly, abundantly positive experience. A little be- be- bewildering at times. A little bit of a kind of headless chicken event for me personally. And for the rest of the guys too, I'm sure. But on balance, wow. Unforgettable. Um, the people, the toys. The people, the toys, the city... I think that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm actually not too tired. These last two cities have me wired. But uh, Chattanooga is one of those cities that sounds like a small college town. If you were at Jokon, you were in a city that survived the world before ours. And I can't talk Cobra Law yet. But I will I will drop a little bit of hype. Thanksgiving. Put your headphones on. Get ready for a ride. Because the thing about Cobra Law is it, it was a... Uh, I heard that term this weekend. Um, cognitive dissonance. It's a break in what you thought you knew. Um, I thought I knew the Joe community pretty well. There were some people that surprised me this weekend. Uh, you talk about Joe Con... I, I see that community. Did they embrace us? Not everybody. But the people that have been in the trenches, the people that are wrapping their minds around social media and give a shit, you know who I'm talking to, the people that I put a pencil behind my ear for, the people that uh, that we took pictures with. Oh, yeah, I didn't get the worms officer, by the way. They were asking for a 100 guys. And I know people got that kind of cash to throw, <laughs> but a uh, hundred, I don't know. Uh, but uh, no, no worries there. Adam Riches, he hooked us up. Uh, thank you, Adam. I'm sure our communities will bump in the future, but if you're asking if I'm Team Mascot, yeah, I got the print, and I uh, went double dragon with Wild Weasel, so I got Team Mascot squared. Nice. I guess on the way out, I'm just going to give three more shout-outs to Jason, to Steve, and to Devin. Dev, we never got that interview, man. Next time, baby. Next time. (laughs) Yeah, I think as we walk out the door for this one, uh, for this episode, uh, just a big shout-out to Bart. What a legend. (laughs) We had so much fun, dude. Like, uh, you know, there was, I mean, he was on the con floor helping me find the good dealers uh, as in like, you know, guys with the cool stuff. And then, you know, he was, he was searching in the bins with me to help me find, uh, stuff I was looking for that was on my list. <laughs> my list. The lists. <laughs> the list we made, but never really followed. <laughs> hey man, I don't need no list. I got a mauler. Yeah. He, he, he got a mauler. And, um, and a big shout out to like, wow. Everybody who just sort of came out of nowhere and just helped us with this. I mean, aside from, aside from all of you cool people that you know backed us on 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 the the GoFundMe, uh, just the guys like Grey Child and 
Chris McLeod from Full Force. Uh, it was great meeting you, by the way. <laughs> um, but also just, you know, all the help and everything that we got from you guys, just out of nowhere. And just like little things, you know, here and there. Rob? No, absolutely amazing. Yeah, and thanks to everyone again. I mean, you know, probably the final time um, for the GoFundMe. Um, without you, we'd never have made it here. And we've had some really cool experiences. And I hope everyone enjoys what comes out of this, um, you know, from all the cool toys and figures we picked up and all the people we've met um yeah so last joe con was a fantastic wake our first last joe con um <laughs> there's a lot more stuff um i would like to reach into my head and grab out and t- talk about and and get excited about um so so don't think that this is everything <laughs> On the way out, once again, she was, I, I, I seem to, to keep having this ping in my memory. There's always someone. Mike Smith, you sneaky fox. We're having an interview, Paul and I, uh, with Joe Customs. And Mike breezes past, doesn't disturb or anything, just subtly puts down a big Ziploc bag of toys, and he walks away. Like, I'm thinking, do you want me to just watch your stuff, Mike? No, turns out he was leaving and he wanted to leave us some stuff. So, Rob's got a Bumblebee Alley Viper. I've got a Spirit. Paul's got... What did you get? Yeah, Paul's got a Copperhead to finally fill his water moccasin. I mean, oh man. Guys, the generosity we were shown. And like, I don't ever want to make it sound like we're, we're, we're having this kind of plea for stuff. But like, guys, guys... Really, very touched by all the the generosity and the hospitality and the warmth. Like, man, it's been a fantastic couple of days. It is going to be a memory that I never, never lose. I mean, this will stay with me forever. So, big ups, big thanks. G.I. Joburg will be back with uh, more fun and exciting content. I know what our most requested um, discussion is now. I think it's time for card art battle. Round two! <laughs> yeah. The but modern cards. No! no! Or okay. uh, the cards that feature the laser effect in the background. I know you love that, Curtis. The cards that made us. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna say The cards thing. that made us is here. Jinx. <laughs> Alright, guys. This is Steve saying ciao, ciao. Cheers. This is Paul in Washington, D.C. Lobsha saying... Goodbye. Yeah, Rob in Washington. Safe travels. (laughs) Get some rest, Rob.